Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Do you know someone on your holiday gift list that's looking to cut costs? Consider a Henson Razor. Henson Razors use quality standard blades that only cost 10 cents each. That means you'll only be spending pennies a month on blades. Compare that to multi-blade cartridges that cost 20 to 30 times more. Over a couple years, that special someone on your list will save hundreds and get a safe and smooth shaving experience along the way. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com holiday. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. It's been a long time coming. We finally got our bums into gear. Uh, basically, what do you mean, we? Well, yeah, it's basically all my fault. I've been yeah. ill, then I've been on holiday. You had no but, internet. Yeah, I'm back now, though. It's uh, Luke, editor of thecustardtv.com, joined as always by Matt in the North. Hello. Hello. It's been a long time since we spoke to Gary. Um, how About was your trip? Three weeks ago. Yeah. How was your trip to Garyland? Yeah, very. Yeah, good. He looked after me very well. As I said, he was a good host. Um, the only uh, thing that I did want to touch on that I think podcast listeners will get uh, interest out of is the fact that Gary made you cheese on toast, but he had a, a oh unique yeah ingredient in it that I yes, want you to talk tomato to ketchup. About. Where was was it on? Uh, it did cheese on toast and then put tomato ketchup. No, the on other top way around. Oh no, no. It was all right. It was, you know, I ate it all, so I will, um, you know, top marks for effort. But would you be replicating? I, I don't it know time? if you make it through to the semi-finals on MasterChef with that, but you know. But would you be replicating it next time you have cheese on toast? Do you no, I, I, I um, always liked a bit of Worcestershire sauce on mine. Oh, have you tried that before? No, I haven't actually. No, actually just a little, just a, just a little bit, because obviously that's not sort of sweet. That's you know a bit spicy, gives it a bit of a bit of an edge. Are you doing the Gary thing where it's b- before it's no, sort of under, it's no, on the no. bread or it's added on, on on top of the cheese? Right. Okay. So to give that a go. Okay, we'll do. I don't think I'd bought Worcestershire sauce for a while though. Does it I mean, work I, with I, the crisps? Uh, yeah. Why not? <laughs> Mush some of them on top. <laughs> yeah. We'll do a recipe on the web. We'll put all recipes from today's show will be on the uh, on the website. Come for the TV stuff. Stay Stay for the food. The cheese on toast. (laughs) Luke and Matt. This could be a podcast. A podcast. Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, Definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. Talking telly. Use your ears and trust them. This is the Custard TV podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com. This is the TV podcast. That oh, is it? With... Yeah, it is. Okay. Va- vaguely, vaguely. Uh, no guests this week. We'll get. I'll get myself sorted, and we'll get. Yeah, a this guest. is a sort of brief podcast, isn't it? Yeah. Like a catch-up sesh. Because like uh... yes, we don't have enough sessions. Actually, no. we don't do that enough. We should. This is like this is less of a podcast and more of a jam session. Yeah. This one. Uh, but we will get a guest on, and the format will continue. Boxmaster, etc. But this is just. Uh, the opportunity for Matt and I to discuss some shows that we don't think will necessarily be on your radar 
Uh, Although, are we doing should... the social media question or are we rolling that over well, to... Well, remind me what it was. <laughs> well, it was one that you, uh, you came up with. Yeah, remind me what I came which, up with. Which show that you once loved did you give up on? Yes, I would like to talk about this. Go on. Okay. Well, what was yours? Because you came up with it. Well, I've got a few. Um, we were I know just you have. About, we were just talking about it before uh, the, we started recording, in that Waterloo Road used to be a bit of a guilty pleasure, but then they got through so many headmasters and moved to Scotland, and I kind of gave up with it. The Bake Off is another one that I used to really enjoy, mm-hmm. but for some reason had no desire to start again this, this series. No idea. And my life's no better off or no worse off without it. And even Peaky Blinders, this year I'm starting to notice that all the criticisms that people like yourself have levelled at it with being over-stylised and, uh, you know, silly and music and and stuff have all sort of irritated me and the story's not been that compelling. So I haven't got past the second episode of that. So I haven't quite given up, but I'm, near, uh, I'm on the cusp. I'm on the cusp. I am the cusp. Giving. Uh, what about uh, you, though? Well, yeah, you mentioned Bake Off. I would agree with that. I I've given up on sort of most reality shows at this point. Mm. Like The Apprentice, I think I gave, I started to give up on a couple of years ago. Um, also, I would say because I was going to say The Simpsons, and then I thought that's a bit of a cheat because you know it's it's yeah. But Family Guy was something in you know. Yeah, I th- I'd agree with that as well. I don't know when f- I stopped watching the first. I would say because I was I was really into like the first three seasons uh, before it got cancelled. Um, it was something that not a lot of people knew about. I bought the one to three box set and really enjoyed it. I actually wrote an essay on it at uni, the surrealism aspects of Family Guy. And then I think it just became sort of very repetitive. I think I watched season four maybe. And and then I think American Dad started. So that might have been when Seth MacFarlane sort of spread himself a little bit too thin. Yeah. And again, like American Dad, I really enjoyed and stopped watching that as well. So yeah. a, I mean, I yeah. think a lot of times when we give up on things, it's, it's because shows have outstayed mm. their welcome. Like if modern, take something like Modern Family, if that had been five seasons, yeah. I probably would have watched it. And again, like Modern Family was one and Big Bang Theory was another where it just felt it felt quite repetitive. I, don't, I can't remember when I gave up on Modern Family. It might have been... Um, I remember watching Mitchell and Cam's wedding. That might have been the last. And also those big network comedies. They're, mm-hmm. they're twenty-two a time. It's no wonder yeah. people give up. Really. Well, uh, we... I think if they is it if they reach a certain amount, then they go into syndication. So they it used all try to be a hundred would be enough to go into syndication. Yeah. They all try and get as many se- seasons as they can, and I suppose if people want it, and then the cast end up making like a million an episode, don't they? And Right, so what did social media say? I mean, Sophie Davis um, said, I wouldn't say I ever loved it, but I stopped watching The Walking Dead after the first episode of season seven when Negan brutally murdered two of the main characters. Spoiler, I suppose, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> one, of the death, one of the deaths in particular that felt like a massive F you to the audience and I couldn't be bothered carrying on. I suppose she didn't say which characters. No, no. well done, well done. Uh, Stephen Patterson, following on from that, says, Fear The Walking Dead. <laughs> New showrunner came on board and didn't care about what had already been established. So they axed all the good characters and storylines and relaunched the show with the most frustrating characters from the original Walking Dead series as the protagonist. Lady Taruki, at Lady Taruki, many actually, but one example would be the good wife. 
I loved it a lot, but we started to wait for a season to be over to watch it. People were so critical of season six, which I quite liked, actually. That was no, I didn't w- mind six. Where she for... ran for office, wasn't it, season six? I mean, season... five was the high point, but I didn't mm, think six was yeah. particularly the seven, low point. Seven it. was a bit... You felt the loss of um, Archie Panjabi, and they never really did anything with um, Kush Jumbo. Not really. That's why she's lucky to ended up in the good fight. Yeah. Yeah. Here's one you might agree with, Luke. James Capel says The Affair. Yes. Such yes. a joy at first. Great writing and performances. I did it. Just I, gradually I did slid too far from its origin. Could have ended at season three. Okay, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about The Affair. So I stopped after season three as well because it went bonkers. But now, season five, which is airing in the States and on Sky Atlantic, is the final season, right? You know Noah and Alison, uh, Dominic West and Ruth Wilson, mm. they had a daughter, a baby daughter, Joni, mm. I think it was, and uh, in this new season, they've cast Anna Paquin as that daughter, and it's all set in the future. Oh, interesting. And it's interesting, and I kind of want to see how it works, but yeah. they've lost a lot of people. Did they? Ca- was season three when they killed off Ruth Wilson at the no, end? No, she killed off in season four, and I didn't okay. see it. It's a shame because I, I the first two of those were really yeah. good, but yeah. I think I watched maybe one and a half. Yeah, have at Havo nineteen nineteen sixty two says for me it was Killing Eve. That's an interesting oh, one, isn't it? Yeah, and Designated Survivor. When a viewer is struggling to get through a series, it's perhaps time to stop watching. These days, I don't get to watch as much TV as I like, so when I'm doing that, I'm a bit more discerning. A show either fizzles or sizzles for me. That's a good. I can see Killing Eve being one for me, you know. Mm-hmm. This third series just carries on. Because I was thinking about it the other day. I don't really know what the end point is. Do we want them to catch one another? Because they've yeah. been in each other's orbit so many times, that won't really feel that satisfying. What's you know? What's and, the point? And it's the Emmys tonight. Do you think either will win? Jodie Comer or Sandra Oh will I'm win? I'm sure. It? I'm sure they will be recognised. Yeah, I think. Well, they they're, they're both nominated. Do you think? Do you think one? will win or do you think they'll split the vote well, and... I reckon Sandra will win I just don't think Jodie Comer as brilliant as she yeah. is is that no she's story. been nominated this year she wasn't nominated last yeah. year was she so I hope she wins but I think it's mm. more likely that Sandra will win and finally uh, Paul Coleman um, previous guest of yours um, just says the news <laughs> yeah it's it's all very <laughs> political at the moment isn't it I, lo- isn't I, it? I, I watched um, bits of the um was it called the Prologue of Parliament? Yes. Yeah, and and the um, John Burko uh, moments, and um, someone put in the comments on YouTube. He's the best character in uh, Brexit season three. I didn't notice him in seasons one or two. Um, <laughs> right. Thank you for getting in touch with us. We'll have another social media question very soon. Have a look at uh, both mine and Matt's Twitters and, and the, the podcast cust- yeah, and the right. official podcast feed at Custard TV Pod. Uh, so you can get your input into us uh, the next time we ask a question, which, as I say, will be very soon indeed. Four dramas this week, I think we've gone for. One on Netflix, one on Sky, one on Sky Atlantic, and one frustratingly hard to find if you're in the UK. Not impossible to find, just frustratingly hard to find that we want to Or uh, nefarious means, maybe. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that one first, I suppose. What's this that, The a, Act? This is a drama series, The Act. It stars 
Patricia Arquette and mm-hmm. Joey King. Yeah, who are both me... nominated for Emmys tonight. Oddly, um, maybe we'll do like Emmy predictions at the end, even though this is going out after the Emmys, just yeah. to do something at the end. Uh, yeah. Joey, Joey King is nominated for leading actress in a, a limited series or movie, yeah. I think they called yeah. it. And she's nominated against Patricia Arquette, but Patricia Arquette for no Patricia Arquette for Escape at Dane Mora. Patricia Arquette is nominated for supporting actress for the act. Okay, interesting. So this <laughs> is this is an, an eight, a ten parter uh, that originally broadcast on Hulu. Hulu. Yeah, we love that. It is available here. I said it was through a frustrating route. So Amazon Prime Video. If you're a member of that. They have now channels on there where you can pay for extra content. They've got one for reality TV called Hey You. They've got ITV Hub stuff on there you can pay for. And this comes under the Stars Play umbrella, despite not being, on, not being on Stars in the US and being on Hulu. Odd, oddly, um, American Gods, which is on Stars, is on normal Amazon. I don't, know, what, I don't know how it all works. <laughs> it's bizarre. So, um, so the act is a true story uh, of Gypsy Rose Blanchard and her mother Dee Dee, who throughout their lives had fooled people into believing that Gypsy, this young girl, was ill with all sorts of things. Well, not was... making everyone black, making Gypsy believe as well. Yeah, she, her mother made her believe she had muscular dystrophy. She made her believe she had leukemia. She made a believe she was a lot, young, a lot younger than yeah. she was, in fact. And it's it's a bizarre, true-life case of Munchausen's by proxy. How does it feel to be in this house? Well, Gypsy and I have always loved fairy tales. <laughs> but you know, I really didn't believe in happy endings in the real world, not until now. It's almost like we're in a Disney movie. We love Disney movies. (laughs) Have you seen Enchanted? That princess in the real world? No, no, I didn't. Oh, God. (laughs) I got off track. What was the question? How did it feel, Dee Dee, when you found out that Habitat for Humanity was going to build this house just for you and Gypsy? Getting this house has been a dream come true. (laughs) I don't like to dwell on the past, but when we were homeless after Katrina, it wasn't for her, I tell you. I don't know what I would have done. That girl, she is stronger than she looks. I was born to be her mom. And are you excited to be here and make new friends, Gypsy? You oh, bet yes. she is. It would be great if we could hear from Gypsy on how she's feeling. Oh, of course. Huh? Are you excited to be here to make new friends? Well, um, my mom already is my best friend. But the funny thing is, a few years ago, she had gave me this little glass house. And she said, one day, this will be yours. And now it finally is. That was great. My producers are going to love this. Oh, that's good to hear. I get nervous about these things. Are you kidding? You guys were awesome. Was I good? You were perfect. <laughs> and I don't know whether we should talk about the end result of the story. No. Because the best... Or shall we just say spoilers now and then you can skip yeah, if you I want. Because you so. put the time codes on 
Yes, I do. On, I on the, yeah, if you go to the website, the time codes are all on there or on iTunes. Um, so this is the story of, of Gypsy Rose and her mother, Dee Dee, who, who move into this small community. They have a house built for them uh, with a ramp. So uh, a, a habitat for humanity, isn't it? That sort of thing. Yeah. And Gypsy makes friends with a next-door neighbour who is a lot older than her, um, played by Anna-Sophia Robb, who you may have seen in the Johnny Depp version of uh, John in the Chocolate Factory all those years ago. Or um, The Way, Way Back. Love that film. Yes, yeah, um, sure. I wish I hadn't said Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> no. I can't even edit that to Please, make it sound. Um, yeah. Tony Collette was in that film as well. Yes, she was. I love that film. <laughs> Well, um, just just a connection to the next. In show. fact, if you want to watch that as well, we yeah. highly recommend it. Um, That'll be on Netflix or something, won't it? I don't think or it Amazon is. Amazon Prime. Moment. Yeah, probably on a on an obscure channel. <laughs> <that's a direction laughs> for. Um, <laughs> but it is such a compelling story, and the performances are just out yeah. of this world. If we are spoiling it, it, should we say that it begins with the Anna Sophia Rob character Lacey and her mum Mel, played by Chloe Seveny. Um, ringing the police because they hadn't heard from Dee Dee. So they call the police, police go into the house, they find um, Dee Dee dead and, and Gypsy missing. And it sort of unravels then to the beginning of them get, going to the neighbourhood and Gypsy sort of discovering more about herself, let's say, shall we? Mm, like, yeah, that's finds out she doesn't need the wheelchair, sort of starts discovering her sexuality through her friendship with, with Lacey. And then gets more and more determined that um, Dee Dee's holding her back. Yeah. And, and it, it ends with her meeting um, a chap online called um, Nick, who's got mental health issues and convincing him. I think he's schizophrenic, isn't he? Discover a healthier, happier you with Veganuary 2024. Your health isn't just small potatoes. It's a big deal. So this January, you are invited to make a change that matters by trying Veganuary's 31-Day Vegan Challenge. Switching to a plant-based diet reduces your carbon footprint and makes a positive impact for animals. Every meal is a vote for the kind of world you want to create. Ready to make a change? Sign up today at Veganuary.com. Vote for veggies. Right now at Safeway, earn four times rewards points when you shop for participating items with Safeway for you. Shop for items like Frigo Crumbled Blue Cheese, Kellogg's Club Crackers, Coca-Cola, All Liquid Detergent, or Utz Chips, and earn four times rewards points with Safeway for you. Offer expires January 4th. Plus, get select holiday essentials like gift wraps, bags, holiday decor, lights, and more. Buy one, get one 50% off. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com or head in store for full offer details. Um, to kill Dee Dee, and then they go on the run, and it ends with so their tri- the trial of both of them. So I couldn't tell you how much I enjoyed this, and how much I thought Joey King and Patricia Arquette were just spellbinding. Joey mm. King, because she's been told that she's young and she's got all these issues at the start, she sort of lives in a in a Disney bubble, dressed up like... And does this really high pit? And I thought you'd be annoyed by the voice. No, well, the... I, I wondered, but I but I sort of knew that from a trailer I'd seen uh-huh. that she does that. But, um, but yeah, it's 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 a performance that just, you cannot... Well, Dee Dee sort of infantilises her, doesn't she? That's the thing. Like, she mm. wants to... Because they go to this convention and she wants to dress as something different, but... 
what her mum makes her go is um, a Cinderella. And then there's 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 scenes where she dresses as a princess, isn't it, when they yeah. go to see Cinderella at the cinema, where, oddly, it's where she ends up losing her virginity to Nick in, in a hey. bathroom. Yeah. I mean, I, and it played with your mind a bit, because at times you were like, yay, gypsy, you know, get away from this awful woman who's keeping you, for lack of a better phrase, prisoner and everything. And then sometimes, it, part of me, only sometimes felt for, for Dee Dee in a strange way when it felt like they were both being manipulative, you know? They were both playing uh, a game against each other, really. Episode 6, where they flash back to where Gypsy was first born and Margot Martindale plays um, Dee Dee's mum, Gypsy's grandma, and it shows why Dee Dee did what she did. And yeah. I think that is when you get that sympathy for Dee Dee. I, I felt eight episodes was too many. Maybe that was really? just me. More stuff felt like it was happening in that back half of the season. The first half of the season was a lot of sort of context and meeting yeah. the characters, and maybe one episode left. I don't one episode less would have been better. I don't know, um, but I I enjoyed like the the final moments more. And as you say, that performance by Joey King, where she sort of almost changes, doesn't she? Once Dee Dee is murdered by Nick. She becomes sort of almost the aggressor, the the more in control person, sort of leading him because he's quite immature, isn't he as well? Yeah, it's it's interesting what happens though mm. because she has been who's been drugged throughout the majority of her life, taking pills that she didn't need to take and having routine that she didn't need to have, and then once they're away from from Dee Dee's grasp. She's then asking Nick if he's got pills she can take to cut, even though she knows she doesn't need them. It's all ingrained in there. It's fascinating in the way mm. she stands up to people. And I thought actually the act just is a good title. It's either the act that they were both putting on to the world. It's the act that Gypsy was putting on to to everybody else. It's the act of murder, perhaps. But I've subsequently found out that this is a continuing series. Much like yeah. uh, American Crime Story. So apparently there will be more of the act mm. in, in, in future times. But yeah, th this really took me by surprise because I didn't hear a lot of critics, good or bad. It just sort of went under the radar for, for most of I heard time. another podcast really bigging it up and I thought it yeah. would be good. And obviously it is quite hard to find. I mean, I don't know if you mentioned with the Stars play that you can get a week's free trial. So you can just yeah. binge in a week. Um, what I liked about this actually were the um, the Chloe Sevigny and Anna Sophia Rob mm -hmm. characters. I felt they they you needed those characters sort of to be like an audience proxy Absolutely. to be the viewpoint. You know the other people viewing the these characters. Um, the whole neighbourhood was interesting actually. Yeah. The way they they responded. But to I think them. Mel in particular. There's that scene where she visits Gypsy in the prison and and she says like, "Who are you, Gypsy? Who are you?" And that was mm. and and when her father comes in as Gypsy's father as well in the last mm. episode, and 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 the thing that Gypsy actually they both were incarcerated. But I think is it ten years she got or something yeah, like that. Yeah, so ten. she wants to start a family when she comes out of prison. She's yeah. got she's got she's engaged, I think, to somebody else within the prison. Oh, okay. I really enjoyed parts of it. I felt it was a little long in places. Some of the earlier episodes I was getting slightly perturbed by, but I really enjoyed that sixth episode with the flashbacks with Margot Martindale and actually the the latter episodes I really thought Juliet Lewis was good as, as she Nick's She was very mother. good. 
Yeah, she was very good. And all the stuff where they were just trying to meet up and they were in the cinema and there was yeah. that palpable tension of... Yeah, the, you where know, they were moving seats. Yeah, very, very cleverly done. Patricia Arquette, I know you didn't really like Escape at Danamora at I the didn't start really of the year. watch it. I mean, did you watch it? I saw it all, yeah, but I yeah. saw it all before... Okay. Uh, we talked about it. It was sort yeah. of on in November in the States and I watched it all. She's just, I don't know, mm. she just disappears into these characters. I don't know how she does it. But I would I would say those two performances are some of the best I've seen this year because at no point did I go, well, that's an actress doing that role. Yeah. Jo- Joey King's is amazing. And when you do see the real footage, you cannot tell them apart. <laughs> I would urge anyone who's been interested in art preamble about it i'm sorry we had to spoil bits of it but if we piqued your interest uh amazon prime video stars play is a channel and then within that the act is available to watch it's very convoluted way of finding it but that is the only legitimate way of finding it in the uk there's no dvd release or anything like that and i really really would urge more people to start talking about it because it is brilliant i really enjoyed it i didn't have that same yeah, about, I don't I mean, know what it was that I just I struggled with it to begin with, but then sort of got. I I would recommend it because it is one that stays with you definitely the yeah, story. Uh, but I think I think it's sort of one where I had to go in without knowing the story, which if you're still listening is a bit odd now. Spoil the yeah. story for you. But. I mean, did how did you, did you watch a couple in one go? Did you watch it over? I watched nights? it over a few a few days. So yeah, I didn't. Yeah binge it all together but i watched i watched i think i watched it within a week there's a scene in the i think it's the first episode where she gets out of bed for the first time and walks and that i was although i sort of knew that was where it was going it still really blew my mind because i didn't know whether she even knew at that point that she could do that and there's the thing about her having an allergy to sugar isn't there that she lies about as well and yeah you know she goes to eat squid and Oh, and there's that horrible... I just remember the seat falling out as oh, well. Oh, and... good God, yeah. It's, I could watch it again. It's it's so good. The I thought you might like, like it because it's, it's sort of very similar to um, the Versace one. The characters are just so... I just was with them. It's just so character-driven as well that you get to know them so well right from the off, pretty much. Very, very, very good. Uh, the act on... Uh, stars play within amazon prime video or if you're in the states and you just haven't got around to it it is on Hulu. thank you thank you i will edit out the long pause, the long pause. <laughs> i thought you were going to answer that and no, i was no. like why is he, like, giving, is he forgotten <laughs> given your moment to shine i thought did no, me up I, I did i left a long pause <laughs> and I don't know what to do now because the act is brilliant. Another show we're going to talk about, I absolutely adored. And then there's the two in the middle. So what well, do we'll you do, do? We'll do unbelievable because it does share a lot in common yeah. with with the act. I think it's quite important to speak about <clears throat> these together. So annoyingly, unbelievable, which is a eight part true life crime drama on Netflix starring Tony Collette, uh, Merritt Weaver, and Caitlin Deaver, happened to land on Netflix. The week I went on holiday, so I went on the 14th, this landed on Friday the 13th, I felt, compelled, yeah. to write a, felt um, compelled to write a piece which is on the website just so people knew how much I enjoyed it, but it was annoying that we've, wait, we've through, through my absence we've had to talk about it now. 
It begins with Marie Adler, played by Caitlin Deaver, who's this young girl, been in and out of foster care and is now sort of stable in her life in a programme that looks after foster kids after foster care. It's like, it's like yeah. aftercare, we would call yeah. it. Because obviously working where I am, we would sort of call it like the through care system. Yeah, I'm glad we got an insider to help us with that. Um, So she's sort of getting her life on track and it begins with her speaking to police shortly after uh, she's been raped. She describes a man in a mask and taping her hands. Her story sort of changes and she sees little flashbacks as to what occurred and because of her level of shock, her story has some inconsistencies and eventually because her story has tiny holes in it, the police sort of dismiss her and sort of strangely coerce her into Mm. admitting that perhaps she made the whole thing up. But what I thought was clever about that is that the police officers, the two male police officers, they weren't written as monsters who completely dismissed the girl, which I really admired because it could be so easy to write them as two big elderly white men uh, sort of putting their viewpoint on this young girl, but they weren't viewed as monsters, uh, and so that that so it follows her story in the aftermath. And of... I suppose the other thing there was that one of her foster mothers also had doubts about what because she was of her saying. Life in foster care, she's been sort of. But because she had also experienced yeah. rape, this foster yeah. mother, and didn't feel that she was acting in the same way as the foster mother did when she was no. raped. So she brought those views to the police, which was part of the reason why yeah. the police... Put another angle. Put yeah. another angle and I think, it. and I suppose as well, it's the having to tell this story again and again and again. That was what they focused on in that first episode. Having to say to the initial police officer and then the detectives and then the, and then the forensics and then the police again. You know, it's a scene for scene sort of reenactment of... What hap- you know? What yeah. happens after you know a rape is investigated and the and the medical stuff and things like that? And I thought that was all really sort of very well, well done. Yeah, mm-hmm. it actually based on an article that yeah. was written about the event. So which um, I which I subsequently read a while ago. I put the information about this on the website, and it was starring Tony Collette and Merritt Weaver, and it was this cop drama, and that's all I really knew. And you don't see Merritt Weaver until the second episode. So the whole first episode is centred purely on Marie Adler, this Caitlin Deaver's character, and the story that we've sort of explained there. Uh, it then moves on to episode two with Merritt Weaver's character finding or comforting well, a woman which in the apartment three block. three years later. The, yeah, the, I don't think they did a very good job at explaining the, that. Well, I think, no, they did. They showed you 2008 and then they showed you 2011 and every time they went back to 2008, they told you it was 2008. Um, So, yeah, so it's 2008 is the original rape of of Marie and her subsequent, um, you know, retraction of of the the statement. And we Um, should say because it was retracted, that means the case... The case was closed and therefore yeah. didn't exist. And on... and I suppose as well, it sort of impacted on her life going forward and the scenes. Oh, deeply. Yeah. The scenes with her that they do intersperse these throughout the the other bits that we're going to talk about now. Basically, the result of people seeing her as a liar. Why would you lie about this? You know, mm. she lose she loses her place at, at this at risk housing. She 
uh, loses her job. She moves back in with one of her foster mothers. It's just yeah. horrible anyway. So those scenes are in between the 2011 scenes, which are... Go on. Sorry, Mary Weaver. Uh, it is Mary Weaver as Detective Karen Duval. I didn't really buy her as Karen Duval. Not really the right name for her, but... <laughs> Well, it's, it's the only problem I have with the series. Well, that's, the, that's right. the woman's actual name, yeah, isn't it? Know, but it's very detective isn't it, Duval? Um, detective Duval. It's not Rizzolian and... Isles. <laughs> that's what it should have been. So, Karen Duval, played by Merritt Weaver, is this complete antithesis of the men that uh, Marie was having to deal with as, as officers. She's warm, she's engaging, she's calming, patient, attentive... To the new victim's needs, who describes a worryingly similar attack where uh, the guy has a mask on, he tapes the hands, he makes them shower, he talks to them endlessly. Weaver's Karen Duval uh, becomes really invested and somewhat obsessed with finding uh, this man. She then meets Tony Collette's character, who I'm sorry I can't remember the name of because it's been three weeks. Race Rasmussen. That's it. Bought that. That was all right. Um, <laughs> uh, and she's sort of different in a way who, to... Who doesn't Merit appear Weaver. till the end of episode, episode two, two. Who, yeah. you know, arguably the biggest name in the cast. And she Absolutely, yeah. And she's, she's very different uh, to Karen Duval, to the point, quite blunt, but still very sympathetic to what's been going on. And the, uh, as you can imagine, the two eventually meet and they do... Uh, get a link between all mm. these rapists, uh, between all these rapes, and they discover that it's basically US wide, it's country wide, it's all over the place, it's a similar MO. We haven't talked about many crime dramas this year, but truly, I've, I was involved in this from the off. I thought Caitlin Diva was amazing. I thought, I mean, Merritt Weaver, I've loved. Ever since she told me about Nurse Jackie and I started that, I've loved her mm. in everything I've ever seen. I love her Emmy's acceptance speech when yeah, she Yeah, I've got to go her. now. Bye. Bye. <laughs> um, she is what I described in every performance. She's mm. warm. She's empathetic. You believe her. As well, I like the chemistry between her and Tony Collette. They, yeah. Those characters. And, and reading the article, it said that they, they did strike up a rapport very quickly mm. and they do in this as well. But There's... I liked even their little police unit as well. You know, the, yeah, the guys I... and girls that were working alongside yeah, them. I, I'm really upset in a way. I, I really enjoyed, I thought this was brilliant. I'm yeah. upset that this is based on a true story Absolutely. because I'd like... Like another yes. series with Tony Collette, Merritt Weaver, and I thought Dale Dickey as the, yes. sort of the older policewoman, and Elias the intern, those yes. four together were really good. We need but to find a way of bringing them back, but it yeah. just can't happen. No, but that, that police unit was really solid, really funny, really bounced off each other to get the facts and get the get to the next piece of the puzzle and things like that, and they, they do catch the 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 uh, the rapist and yeah. there's some really um powerful scenes where some of the women confront him and say you know why did you do this it's sort of at random the people he picks on i suppose it's vulnerable women isn't it it's you know the the student who's just moved the older widow marie who's obviously this this girl who's just come out of the care system um and they you know it's it's people who haven't locked their doors or you know, the windows, and you see very deliberately the scenes after Marie has been raped, that she's locking the door every time, you know, mm-hmm. she's t- turning that key, she's doing things differently to 
to what she did previously. And I watched all this in one day, and I needed did a hug. Did you really? Yeah. I watched it all in two days, I think. No, no, like the Saturday, oh, watched really? it straight through from, from beginning to end. Oh, I was just, wow. I am that into it. And actually, I would recommend reading the article because it does yeah. give you a little bit more. I suppose it didn't do that thing which annoys us sometimes of this is what happened to the characters afterwards. Um, yeah, I don't know whether I needed that because uh, I knew I could find the yeah, article, I suppose. Marie is uh, married, she's got children, That is, and, it, and she works as a long-distance truck driver. And this was directed by uh, Lisa Cholodenko. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the U.S. Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP. That's cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP. Who did the wonderful The Kids Are All Right? I don't know if yeah. you've ever seen that film. Yeah, um, Another recommendation if you want to and, go and watch um, that. Adapted by Susanna Grant, who, who's quite a um, prolific screenwriter. I believe she was Oscar nominated for Aaron Brockovich. Yeah. Um, and, and I think the fact that it's uh, it's very similar to the act in that, you know, it's a female-led cast. True story. It's a true story. And like you said, the title here, you know, it's it's unbelievable the the way that, you know, the, the, it was interconnected, but also that Marie's story was not believed by the police mm. to begin with. So it's got that double meaning. I just think this was, an, you know, it's, it's just, one that stays with you. Oh I don't, God. I, like the act, I think I was watching because I wanted to see how they did it in this. They kept giving you reasons to come back and it was... Absolutely. I just think the, the, the performances by all three actresses, and I'll be interested to see next year's Emmys, who's nominated where, who's put where, because they probably were on screen, the three of them, about the same amount of time. So yeah. um, Caitlin Diva will probably end up being supporting. I cause, hope yeah. so. Um, yeah. But there we go. But no, this... It, I suppose the, the one thing I would say, it's a challenging watch. It's a frustrating... But I, I, but I think frust- it's rewarding. Yeah, it's rewarding. It's, it's frustrating, but ultimately rewarding. But it, yeah. is, it is a hard... You know, it's not something you can switch your brain off and watch. I was... I met with my brother last week and was rattling through a list of shows to recommend and I did say, you know, this is one which is really good but you will struggle with a little bit because it is... Certainly that first episode is extremely frustrating because you know... just she's just out of this world, in it? Nobody could watch that and not be immediately on her side. I mean, she's as well in a film that I... This year called Book Smart, I think it's called, where... I've seen that. And she's really good in that as well, isn't yes, she? she? Her is. and uh, Jonah Hill's sister, I can't remember her name. Be- Beanie Feldstein? Yeah. yeah. So this is sort of her breakout year. Her and Joey King, I think, are these, you know, breakout. And they're both disgustingly young. You know, they were both born in the late 90s. <laughs> I mean, one thing that struck me, we preview or watch a lot of Netflix dramas. And, and one thing that struck me is this is the most un-Netflixy thing mm. I think I've ever seen. It's re- It's not shouty. 
It's not loud. It's not brash. It's really tonally sort of level. Soft. It's, it's just on a level. It's human level. Human, yeah. It's sort of feel very human. And this doesn't feel like a big budget mm. Netflix show. And it is all the better for that, I think. Possibly don't binge it like me and Luke did. <laughs> it might be. But I you just, just want, to, impossible not, want not, to keep watching yeah. and you want to see this rapist brought to justice. You're you know, so you're... invested in... Mm. They they are invested in the investigation. And, and as a viewer, I just felt like, come on, get there, you know, let's find out who this is and why this is happening. And, you know, really, really... I can't remember the last time I saw a crime drama that managed to avoid all mm-hmm. the normal cliches and all the... Even the scenes of rape that you see very briefly through tiny flashbacks when Marie's thinking they're not over-sensationalised, there's no, no dramatic music behind them, it's not done like a horror show, it is just very, very simple, and it is all the better for it. And it is one of the shows of the year, unbelievable on Netflix. Watch it. It's a difficult watch, as Matt says, but ultimately incredibly rewarding, and you'll be thinking about it for a long time. Very, very good. You're listening to the Custard TV Podcast. The official podcast of thecustardtv.com. Let's carry on with the true stories, because oddly... Oh, this... okay, so Temple next, yeah? No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish it were true. No, we'll do... St- um, what's it called? Uh, the Loudest Voice. Sorry, yeah. This is the birth uh, of Fox News that news organisation that Mr Trump goes on about and loves, and it is specifically the story of um, Russell Crowe's character, Roger Ailes. Roger Ailes, and it is about him and how Fox News became what it is. It's the origin story of a left-wing um, news organisation with Russell Crowe at the helm and everyone else, including Russell Crowe, in terrible Makeup and prosthetics mm. uh, that may well distract fat, from fat the show. suit acting, as I fat call suit it. acting. Right, so I probably came at this from a different. I mean, I'm guessing came uh, from a different angle to you in that I sort of know how Fox News operates and I've seen it a bit, and I just because of that I felt icky watching it because I think it's horrible. But uh, when you try to watch it as a drama, it wasn't that compelling, and I could I do like shows about TV. Mm. I've seen a lot of shows about TV that really, as a TV nerd, really interest me. But this, I just felt like it took too long to get there. And we should say, I've only seen the first one Mm. for the sake of this podcast. But there just wasn't enough meat in there. I wasn't invested. How I felt was it was very... Um, expositiony, very handholdy. Mm. It was, it was. Well, we are going to be for the conservative. We are going to be for the people. You know, all the other media is quite liberal, and this is. Mm. I, and we like. We don't need you to say that. We know we what know Fox it. News yeah. is. I mean, I'm surprised this has come from Tom McCarthy, who did the brilliant Spotlight. Watch that instead. It did, yeah, it did, that's on Netflix. It did. <laughs> it didn't seem prestige i mean each episode of this not that we've seen it is going to a different part of history a sort of Mm. significant 9-11 the 2008 Mm. election of obama you know and how fox news covered it so i suppose this is the opening episode where we get the sort of the creation of fox news and things like that and auditioning people like familiar Sean Hannity, Sean Hannity, 
um, him dismissing like proper news people in in favor of these sort of shock jock types who are yeah. you know angry voices. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't think Russell Crowe was that great, really. No, and I couldn't I, get past the fact. And I acting. think he will be nominated for an Emmy next year, Probably. just because. Yeah, and um, Simon McBurney from Rev as Rupert Murdoch, and and Seth MacFarlane was in this. It was, as, as... It was all odd casting. Mm. Very Naomi Watts was in this. Yeah, I didn't even recognise no. her. Sienna Miller as well was there. There was. Uh, you spoke earlier about um, Chloe Sevigny and Anna Sophia mm-hmm. Rob being. The audience. There wasn't anybody no, here. They were all horrible in this. Yeah. I suppose like you've got that in in Succession as well, but I think with Succession because they're fictional characters, even though they're both based on the Murdochs. Yeah. You know, you get these sort of layers to those characters where there's no layers. You know, this was based on a book written about um, Roger Ailes, and and it feels like it's just been adapted from mm. that. And there's no subtlety and no subtext in this it's all no, very it's all in your face. what you expect is what yeah. you get from this it's a shame the loudest voice we've sold it well if you want to watch it it's on like <laughs> now tv or sky atlantic finally then the only one not to be a true story oh, really? as, far, as far as we know <laughs> as far as we know sitting here now this is sky's new drama temple uh, starring mark strong and daniel mays together at last yeah, who have who have been all over Twitter saying how wonderful this is. They feel like it's the best thing they've ever been in. This is based off a foreign show that was part of the Walter Presents brand a while ago. Um, I can't even. Oh, remember is the it? Name of, name of it? It's, it's it's something that that Mark Val, Strong Val, saw. Val, 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 Valkyrian. Valkyrian. Val Madudikan. Yes. Yeah, Norwegian like show. Yeah. Um, so it's under the Walter Presents brand, but I don't think it's there now. I might be wrong. It might have been one that dropped off. Um, but it Mark were. Strong saw this and and bought the the rights and, and enjoyed the premise. And, oh, God. Right, let's try and explain this the best we can. <laughs> so a surgeon, Mark Strong, mm. is working underground, literally, yeah. in, in the Temple Tube Station. Yeah. Working on the tunnels under the tunnels underneath Temple Station. Working on sort of the criminal world and Mm. people that can't get access uh, to the normal medical facilities because of their past or where what they're doing at the moment. Daniel Mays is sort of the fixer for him, and this is interspersed again. I've only seen the first one with Mark Strong's personal life. He's got a daughter he's somewhat estranged from. He's got a wife that we're told passed away. Yeah, we've uh, got quite soon. from like a odd terminal illness, isn't it? That yeah. she herself was researching. It's uh, played by Catherine McCormick. Yeah. His surgery is actually under Temple Tube Station and uh, Daniel Mays is playing like a British transport employee. I suppose the other character in this is um, Carice Van Alton, who plays um, like a family friend, a friend of his wife who was helping her research and who he brings into the clinic to help him perform uh, surgery on this young lad who was shot as part of a robbery um, and um, she finds out and then he knocks her out. Oh, he wants to do a blood transfusion with her. That's yeah, it, isn't it? Because she's got yeah. the same blood type, and and yeah. he knocks her out what to get blood. What are the odds? But the, 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 as I was saying, the thing that struck me about this is that everyone's playing it completely straight, and it's the most bonkers premise for a show I've ever seen. But not bonkers in the way like you could argue that the bridge is perhaps bonkers and and stuff or the return. But 
you sort of go with it because it's so engrossing and the world feels interesting or authentic. I felt cold throughout this. At no point was I, as I was with the act and um, and unbelievable, invested at any point. I just thought, I'm watching this. I'm going to watch it because Matt's going to watch it. And that is the only reason. I thought it was diabolically awful. Mm. It was just, yeah, it was... It was strange it was a curio i would use you know oh, who would i'm curio? just um and um the the end of the you know because you sort of queued it I up said, a little bit the end yeah. of the um first episode you see that he is actually keeping his wife alive and which to still... be fair to them i didn't see coming no. i will argue i, I sort of guessed towards the latter half when they were saying he was working overnight on a project and I was thinking it was probably his wife still alive. I'm just having a look now. The Norwegian series. It's a surgeon who fakes his own death because um, the supervisors don't allow him to test experimental medication on. Oh, again, on his dying wife. But here he fakes his own death and then starts up a makeshift clinic in an abandoned subway. Well, that is. I mean, that's bonkers too. But in a way, it's easier to swallow. Yeah, because he he's, he's not, not having that, yeah. those interactions with yeah. other people. Like he 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 skips out of his wife's memorial service halfway through to to operate on this but on I this. Just, I, it fascinated me that somebody like Mark Strong and even more so somebody like Daniel Mays would li- read this script and go, "Yeah, this this seems like the sort of drama we should be making in 2019." It it just. I can't see where it the feels view, like the late, was a late nineties sort of experimental ITV thing. It was just so bizarre. It left me cold, and I just kept looking at the time code about halfway through, going, "Not got long." I didn't find long. it that sort of strange. You know, I thought it moved along all right, but you know, whereas you know, the act and, and unbelievable have both stayed with me. This. I've struggled to remember you, you anything. You do better than me on the on the finer details and the and the blood transfusion and that, all that. That's because I've got the um, the oh, well, up in front. Just <laughs> behind the curtain. <laughs> oh God, this is bad. And it was, for me, it was probably one of the worst things we've had to sit through on the podcast. From the just because of the talent involved, you expect better. It was just I thought it was just awful. Couldn't wait for it to end. And it ended, and that's the best bit about it. <laughs> I can't wait for it to end. And it ended. Yes, and that was the best bit. Okay, so Temple is on Friday nights on Sky on Sky on Sky One, oddly yes, as well. Uh, You'd think it'd be a Sky Atlantic because it sort of looks. It looks good. It looks big budget, and it looks. Well, I suppose it's a British drama. They yeah. have those on Sky One. Mm, but Save Me and stuff was on Sky Atlantic, so oh, you think it's, it's sort of weird. And the weird. Tunnel. And the tunnel, yeah. And p- p- particularly through half of it, he was in a tunnel. Yes. You'd think <laughs> that would work for them, but no. But so do you want to do some quick Emmy predictions? Yeah, let me get my list up. I've got oh, it yeah. I've got it up already, so okay, I'm, well, I'm ready. I'll, I'll, I'll throw these at you. We won't do them all because obviously no, there's some don't. we've got, like the talk series and the sketch series we then get over here, so there's no, no point. No, um, no. Now, comedy series, we've watched most of these... Um, Apart from one. Um, so we've got Barry Fleabag, The Good Place, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Russian Doll, Veep, and the one neither of us have seen because it's never showed over here, Shit's Creek. It is actually. It does show oh. over here on Netflix. I oh, will, okay. 
I will say, but have I mean, you watched? Yeah, I've never seen it. No, um, it's kind it's of one. Pop that... TV's first ever Emmy nomination, yeah, which is the yes, TV is. Guide channel, isn't it? In, yeah, in the... and there's yeah. Um, right, so who do we vote... think? Who let's, do we want? Let's, start, who let's start with the basics for me yeah. and for the listening ear. Who votes for Emmys? Let's start there. I'm not sure. Is it the? Is it a the, bit like the Oscars? So it's like I think it's the Academy, like isn't it? Television Academy. So it's very similar to people who work in the field, I suppose, isn't it? So actors, directors, writers can all vote. Um, okay. I think so. Like, go on. My gut here says that Veep will win mm. because. A, Julia Louis-Dreyfus has won every other year that Veep has been up. This is the final season, so they're going to want to send it off. Um, But I know there's been a lot of critical love for Fleabag in the TV community, Mm -hmm. and it wouldn't surprise me. uh, And who who do you want to win? I would love Barry to win, personally. Okay. But I don't Um... think it will. I don't know because obviously Veep and Fleabag are the two that I don't watch. But I'm yeah. with you. It's Veep's, It's a final season year, and they mm. didn't win. Was there one last? There wasn't one there last wasn't year. There wasn't one because she was that, going through yeah. a, a treatment. Yeah. So Veep and Veep probably will win. I would like Russian Doll to win. Oh, I, well, yes, I would too. But they, <laughs> no, but I, they're also. I mean, I like the Good Place to win. They're all good shows, yeah. but. I mean, Barry, is that for the first season of Barry or for what we saw this year? This is where second I get se- Second season. Okay, well, it should win just for that episode yeah. that I love so much. Yeah. Okay. So we're both saying Veep will win, possibly yeah. Fleabag. Yeah. Uh, you want we... Barry to win, I want Russian Doll to win. So there yeah. we go. So everybody's uh, going to be happy. D- d- when uh, Shit's Creek Shit's wins. Creek wins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding drama series, Deep Breath. Better Call Saul, Bodyguard, Game of Thrones, Killing Eve, Ozark, Poe, Succession, This Is Us. Right, okay. <laughs> Do we think that Game of Thrones was just going to win this regardless? I would have done, but it won last year, so that's my question mark. And it wasn't amazing. Yeah. I think if it hadn't won last year, they probably would have given it a award for the whole se- the series as a whole. But that's putting a bit of a question mark in my head. And if we're saying it, it wasn't maybe as beloved as... Mm. as but I, I, mm. I'm struggling to see what else would win well, if, it, if I, it didn't. People who know me know this is almost impossible, but yeah. I would jump for joy. OK, but what <laughs> if, would you think if, the, the Academy would... The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives for newly appointed agents. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the United States Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP. That's cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP. Pick if not not Game of Thrones. Before we go to what you would want. I would think they'd, I would hope they'd pick Pose. Okay. I would hope they yeah. would. Yeah, I would, yeah, I would go with that then. Yeah, Pose. I bloody love that first season. I mean, the second season's amazing too, but... The first I think this is the first season, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So that, that, I mean, that was, yeah. there wasn't a dud episode. Yeah, because I've mean, actually watched some of the clips, you know, the uh, the Emmy clips. As um, have I. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, and, and Succession as well. I, I think mean, I would be yeah. happy as a dog if... 
Not that I mean, not all dogs are happy. I'll appreciate that. But I'll and that is that is a show that is more sort of critically loved than it is yeah. loved by the people, isn't it? So that that might have. I a could chance. see that winning next year if yeah. it doesn't win because this year's yeah. season has just been off the charts. But I, I, there is. I wouldn't be surprised if Game of Thrones wins. But no, I sort of, I've sort of I've got readied that, myself I've got that for that question to win. mark over it because of it winning last year, yeah. and they don't often do um, consecutive years. Yeah. Um, so, um, outstanding limited series we'll do because I think we've talked about watch most of these. And um, Chernobyl, Escape at Daymora, Fossey Verdon, Sharp Objects, and When They See Us. The act is not in there, surprisingly. Should be, should be in there. I think. I mean, you haven't seen it, but I, I'll be amazed if it doesn't Chernobyl. go to Chernobyl. I think you should watch that. I think it's a hard watch, much like Unbelievable. But I think if you can watch it, you'll come away. Blown away. The, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I think. It's I mean, really sharp objects obviously feel so long ago now. It does, doesn't it? We were really want waiting for that to be nominated for Emmys, and now it has been. It's sort of it's the, the, the weird. The only other thing I could see beating Chernobyl is when they see us, really, mm-hmm. because of the hard. That, I those think the two truth... that have got yeah. a lot of nominations in these in this category. Yeah. Um, lead actor in a comedy: Anthony Anderson, Don Cheadle, Ted Danson, Michael Douglas, Bill Hader, Eugene Levy. Okay, I think it will be Ted Danson, mm. but I'd love it to be Bill Hader. I would. Love he won it. He won it last year, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. I'm with you. I I would like it to be Ted Danson, but I've got a feeling it might go to Michael Douglas for uh, Kaminsky methods. I haven't seen to be fair no. past that because that's very insidery, isn't it? And he's yeah. a big name, and he started in television. Um, on the streets of San Francisco, so that would be um, an interesting one. Um, lead actress in a comedy: Christina Applegate, Rachel Brosnahan, Julia Louis Dreyfus, Natasha Lyonne, Catherine O'Hara, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. It's going to go to Ju- Julia Louis yeah. Dreyfus, but if it if it could go to Natasha Lyonne in yeah. the world, then go. And do you there. think Phoebe Waller-Bridge has got a chance because she's very in at the moment? She's very in at the moment. I could almost see Phoebe Waller-Bridge do it, but I just think Julia Louis-Dreyfus, she, she was flawless throughout Veep. She's won it every other year. It would be quite... It's, I'm it's a just nice thinking farewell. back to the... And, and this might be more pertinent to the Game of Thrones things, the the last year of The Sopranos and James Gandolfini not winning and that know, being that. sort of... A, losing yeah. to James Spader in Boston Legal, um, oh. oddly. I blame you for that. Yeah, um, lead actor in the drama we've got Jason Bateman, Sterling K. Brown Kit Harrington, Bob Odenkirk Billy Porter and Milo Vettimiglia I'd love to see Billy Porter win that, mm. I'd love to see it I, I don't know, how much well. love is there for Ozark, because that seems to have done really well, well talking this talking about this to somebody yeah. on Twitter today, it just seems to be a bit of an Emmy darling, it's not a critical darling, it's not a Netflix, you know, we're going to shout about Ozark. It's weird. It's one of those shows and that... I watched a lot of the clips of this as well, and it just looks really boring. Even the clips really they It used. is really boring. And the way it's shot and everything, it's like... It's... Um, but I don't know. I mean, I'd, I'd love Billy Porter to win as well, but... I don't think Kit Harrington has done enough to win, you know, for the Game of Thrones representative. Mm. I could see it going to one of the This Is Us. Yeah, um, I think I think their their bubbles still about, but it's not. Uh, let's put, could Bob o- this be Bob Odenkirk's year? I don't think he's won it I before. Would, I would be happy with that as well, really, because because he does 
great work on Better Call Saul, but I don't think this season that it's nominated for was its best season, so it means he didn't get to do what he's so good at. Deep deep breath again, Luke, for best actress in a drama. Um, Amelia Clark, Jodie Comer, Viola Davis, Laura Linney, Mandy Moore, Sandra O, Robin Wright. Okay, it's, I, I think it's going to go to Sandra Rowe. It should go to Jodie Comer, but I think it's going to go to Sandra Rowe. Again, I can't see Amelia Clark winning here. Could um, Robin Wright win? Because this is sort of her taking over from Kevin Spacey. There wasn't I th- really that much buzz, though. Was no. there that much critical love? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And apparently this is Mandy Moore's first ever nomination as well for, for This Is Us, so I don't know. Um Going on to the limited series performances, um, we've got for actor Mahershala Ali, Benicio Del Toro, Hugh Grant, Jared Harris, uh, Jarell Jerome, who's from When They See Us, and Sam Rockwell uh, for Fossey Virgin. That's a blooming strong... That is a blooming strong list. I would say... I don't know. Jared Harris? It's not a big enough name, no. really, is he? But he is... Could it go to in... Mahershala? Because he was, we liked him, didn't we? In, yeah. in the one episode we watched yeah. of True Detective, that seemed to have sort of fizzled, didn't it? You don't hear is a lot Jura- of people. Is Jerome Jerome? If he's a young, I'm trying to think whether he was one of the. Inca- I'm assuming he was one of the incarcerated. I will watch when they see us. Probably after we record this, because I keep saying it and yeah. I haven't. He played um, Corey Wise. Yeah, so I'm I think thinking, he's older, do they want to yeah. give it? Do they want to give it to a young mm. actor? You know, in which case. I could see him winning, particularly if if that does win over the other. Because you've got the last three winners of supporting actor Oscar with Mahershala Ali and and Sam Rockwell as well. And that very English scandal feels so long mm. ago as well. Well, it was for us, wasn't one. it? Yeah, he um, was so good in that. But yeah, yeah. Uh, lead actress in a, a limited series. We've got Amy Adams, Patricia Arquette for Escape at Daymore, as I said before. Um, and Anun Janu Ellis and Nisi Nash both for When They See Us. Joey King for the actor, Michelle Williams for Fossey Virgin. I would be so chuffed if it went to Joey King. Yeah, me too. Do you think it could so, go to Amy Adams? Yeah, I think it probably will go to Amy Adams. Or possibly Michelle Williams. Cause yeah, I've again, heard a lot of buzz around Michelle very, Williams. Very, it could be a Sam Rockwell, Michelle Williams sort of... I'm worried, though, having spoken about it, that it will be, unsurprisingly, perhaps a bit of a Game of Thrones whitewash. Mm-hmm. I think, I think if we go on to the supporting performances, I can see Game of Thrones. I, I can see, because there's a lot of Game of Thrones in these supporting performances. So, mm-hmm. supporting actor, the Game of Thrones nominees are Alfie Allen, uh, Nikolai Costa-Waldo, and uh, Peter Dinklage, uh, they're up against um, Jonathan Banks on Better Call Saul, um, Giancarlo Esposito on Better Call Saul, Michael yeah. Kelly on House of Cards, and Chris Sullivan on This Is Us. It's going to be one of the Game of Thrones long mm. for that then. I think maybe Nicola Costa-Walda, he has quite a good arc in this in this last season. I think of the three, Peter Dinklage won it last year. Alfie Allen, I'm really surprised, is in this. Um, he put himself forward, I read it. Oh, did he? HBO didn't even put him forward, <laughs> he put himself forward. He's like, oh, go on then. 
Uh, I thought the guy who plays the Night King should be nice. He was very good. Um, So I'm saying Nicola Costa will do. And I probably would like him to win because there's not a lot on there that I actually watch. It's Better Call Saul, This Is Us and House of Cards. Game of Thrones is the only thing there that I watch. So I don't know about you. Yeah, well, again, I think that This Is Us bubbleless, tiny bit bursting. Better Call Saul... They both do incredible work on, but this season they're nominated for wasn't the strongest, so Game of Thrones is going to take it, you would imagine. It's just which one. one. And supporting actress uh, Game of Thrones nominees are Gwendolyn Christie, Lena Headey, Sophie Turner and Maisie Williams, uh, joined by um, an actress we really like, Julia Garner, um, for, for Ozark. Uh, Fiona Shaw for Killing Eve, and and that's it. <laughs> Six. Yeah, you'd think there'd be more of them. I'd love it to go to Fiona Shaw, and mm. I think there's a tiny chance it might, but I think it's probably going to go to Lena Headey or somebody. Yeah, Lena Headey, possibly Maisie Williams if they want to give it, as you say, to an up and comer. Um, Gwendolyn Christie is amazing. If they're giving it sort of as a recognition for the entire show, I mean, Gwendolyn Christie has been brilliant in that, but Lena Headey, I think, deserves recognition for crafting probably the most, one of the most memorable characters in in Game of Thrones. We'll just quickly do those comedy ones for supporting. Uh, We've got Alan Arkin, Anthony Carrigan, who plays Hank on Barry. Um, Also, Stephen Root and Henry Winkle are both for Barry. Uh, Tony Hale for Veep and Tony Shalhoub for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I think Henry Winkle won it last year. I'd like to see him win it two years in a row. Mm. He's so good in that. He's so good in it. Do you think maybe Tony Hale... Again, last... it might be a last chance to win. Mm. I, I, uh, when I watched Veep, I thought he was brilliant, and obviously for us development as well. Yeah, really Possibly good. Tony Shalhoub, because he was really good on that last, when he found out about her being a stand-up comic. I, and um, and the stuff in Paris as well. God, I, we like TV. <laughs> yeah. He was really good, though, wasn't no, he? No, he was really yeah. good. Um, in terms of uh, supporting actress in a comedy series, we've got... Um, a couple for Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Alex Borstein and um, Marin Hinkle both. Um, we've also got Anna Klumsky on Veep, Sean Clifford and Olivia Coleman on Fleabag, uh, Bessie Gilpin on Glow, Sarah Goldberg on Barry and Kate McKinnon on Saturday Night Live. I think this will shock you. I think this is going to go to Olivia Coleman, who mm. I now realise I've spelt wrong on the... <laughs> which is no longer relevant. But... Um, I think it's going to. She won't be there to collect it. I wouldn't have thought, but I think it's going to go to her. I know Sean Clifford's there because they showed a picture of her, uh, her, her seat. Um, seat on Twitter. Yeah. Um, who would you like it to go to? I'd like it to go to Sarah Gold. Yeah, they showed that that um, that monologue oh, she did in the seventh episode. I mean. I think Betty Gilpin possibly next year for Glow because she yeah, her fine. her performance this year in this because this is season two of Glow. This is and she's nominated for the Mother of All Matches. Where's Bloody Kia Stevens for that episode? That's what I want to know. Why is there not more Glow representation? That's that's crazy. Um, but um, Marin Hinkle as well was really good on the last season of Marvelous Mrs. Maze and Alex Borstein. I mean, this is a this is a very strong category, isn't it? This is, this is what we're learning. Yes, this is a very very strong. I, I mean, there's it, eight actresses in there. If and, you'd and watched 
Go the on. second season of Fleabag, I think you'd be saying yeah. it about Sean Clifford and, and uh, Olivia Coleman as well, because they're, they're also good. I reckon it will go to Olivia Coleman. I, I would love it to go to Sarah it's Goldberg. Just, it's the Coleman year. Yeah, I just can't see it going to Sarah Goldberg, but I'd love it to. And I, I think would... we like doing this one, because it's quite interesting, the, the writing, because of the episodes yes. they pick. Go so... We've got Barry, um, and I don't know if we remember these ones now. Uh, Ronnie slash Lily. That's the one. That's my Barry episode. So that's the one you're going for for writing. Oh, my God. And I think it might be in there for directing as well. Alongside the the audition. Yeah. Um, Fleabag, the first episode. um, I'm guessing of season. I'm guessing this is series two. It is, yeah. Oh, the good place. You might. It's the Janet's episode of The Good Place. Where's Dorothy Carden? In that yeah, Darcy Carden should be in You've there. You've got eight actresses it. in that there. You what? could have... <laughs> Mind you, it's making my life um, harder because I don't know what to do. I don't know. Uh, Veep. The, is, is Veep... The episode's called Veep as well. Is that the final episode? Yeah. Yeah, very good final episode. And then there's, oddly, two episodes of Russian Doll. Uh, yeah. And the writer for a drama series, oddly, Game of Thrones, I think they've given it the last episode, mm. which I, I felt was one of the weaker ones. The... The Longest Night, I think it was called, which was the fourth episode, was probably the best written one. Um, episode one of Bodyguard, which we enjoyed the writing on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Handmaid's Tale, Holly. Is that where she gives birth? Yes. It's where she gives birth yeah, in that which, abandoned house. Which is a really strong episode. Oh, oh I love TV. Um, <laughs> Killing Eve, nice and neat. Uh, that's the second episode. Episode where she's in the house with... With the guy, yeah, I thought, uh, that's the second episode, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But I found that I know you and and I think it was who we had on at the time really enjoyed it. I thought it was narratively was it Robin. I want to say maybe. Yeah, I think it was. I think narratively that felt too out of the ordinary for Killing Eve, even that early on. Uh, the final episode of Succession season one, nobody is ever missing. Oh my god. Every category's got at least two or three or maybe even four that I would say I'd be happy to see them win. It does show what a strong 12 months it's been for, for TV. <sighs> Christ almighty. I mean, um, all of those I love. And we've you already know. got, as I say, like Unbelievable for next year and, and several sort of like Succession Season 2, which is on at the moment, is even better. I'd like to see some acting nominations for Succession. I don't know why... Particularly uh, Jeremy, what's it, who plays Kendall? I think, I, think, I mean, I think as Kieran Culkin and Matthew McFadden, I think, had been nominated elsewhere for other yes, award ceremonies, I think. But, I mean, you could... Um, I don't know his name off the t- The guy who plays Cousin Greg is amazing. And Alan Rook as well. And Matthew McFadden. And Kieran Culkin. And Je- Jeremy Strong. Uh, all of them. Yeah, Sarah Snook. <laughs> Just give it to them all. I'd like to see Euphoria in there next year as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, Euphoria. And Big Little Lies will be there, I'm sure, yeah. in some form. Okay, right, so um, that is it. If you want to um, get involved with us on the podcast, uh, you can get in touch via the Custard TV Pod Twitter feed. By Matt's t- Twitter feed at Matt's TV Bites by mine at <laughs> Lou Custard TV. Or you can use the email address, which um, we don't bang on about enough, and we should. Custard TV Reviews with an S on the end at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts and what. Maybe you've spotted something on a hard to find site like we spoke about the act that you think more people should be discussing. You want to bring it to our attention. 
probably send it in an email is a good way to go. Uh, write us a review on iTunes, just telling people who we are and what we do and why you enjoy listening, as I'm assuming you do. And, or any uh, podcast app you listen to is somewhere on Spotify. Tune in, um, Stitcher. We're on all of them. Just tell all of them. Alexa, just tell your Alexa to play. We are in your ears constantly. Yeah. We will be back soon with another guest. Uh, Box Master will be back the quiz. Yay. All normality will be resumed. Yay. And as you say, uh, the Emmys will have been on and uh, you'll know how right or wrong we were. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. That's all. Rate and review us wherever you find us. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.